Any workout, any mood, any time. That's what the Peloton Tread is all about. From interval runs that motivate you to go the extra mile, power walks that work up a sweat, rolling hill hikes for you to enjoy, and full body boot camps to hit your goals. Plus thousands of workouts that go beyond the tread. Strength programs, core classes, yoga, Pilates, and even boxing. Everything you need on and off the Peloton Tread. Experience it all for yourself with a 30-day home trial. Learn more at OnePeloton.com. Sure, we have 30 seconds to tell you that drivers who switch to Progressive could save big. But then what? Well, radio has been called theater of the mind. So let's tell a story with sound effects. <laughs> Wow, it's like I was in the story. Almost makes me forget this was supposed to be about saving big with Progressive. <laughs> Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. I realized that we, you know, always will have a forever hit record because I'm sitting in the movie theater and I'm looking at Will Ferrell dance on the table to L. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> so now I know I got an evergreen product, so it's up to me to get more yes. money. And that's what I did. I concentrated on. So, you know, the record company, the new record company lost. And that started a series of uh, appeals. And the last appeal was in 2015 to the Supreme Court. Can you imagine looking at the news and saying, today the Supreme Court takes on the case of tag team. Well, there <laughs> it is. But they denied it. And yeah. then it went up then the it went into bankruptcy. Then they were like, kind of had a scorched earth policy. And then it was my day to fight. Yeah. And I found a beautiful lawyer down in, in Florida and took her a big box of discovery. And that saved me half the cost on legal fees. Mm. So you think you know DC Glenn, one half of the duo tag team, the man you see in Geico commercials, Scoop, there it is, Sprinkles! Man, DC, there's a lot to DC, and we go underground, behind the curtains, with DC Glenn. I learn all about learning, the difference between hustling and work ethic, and how the song Whoop There It Is came to be. It was an awesome time chatting with DC, a masterclass for sure, about succeeding in life. So make sure you check out the interview I had with DC Glenn. Oh man, DC Glenn in the house. So happy to be chatting with you. How are you doing today? Man, today's a good day, my friend. It's another day, right? Hey man, every day wow. you're breathing, right? Of course. I always yeah. get up and I go, man, I'm alive again. What an incredible feat, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I can't really wait awesome. to get up, but I know I have to sleep. <laughs> yeah, you got to sleep, sleep. I wouldn't, but <laughs> got to sleep. Well, let's talk a little bit about this journey of yours, an incredible journey. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm sure like myself, like many people would listen to your music, especially that was when I was growing up, teenager, all this stuff, man, hearing the music. Mm -hmm. When did music become a big part of your life? Uh, actually, in high school, because uh, that's where I met Steve. Mm -hmm. And uh, we both had a mutual love for music because he had a band that played in the quad. Uh, sometimes and I wanted to be in that band and I worked in the truancy office and I wanted to be in the choir that was down the hall that played mm -hmm. beautiful music and um, I was exposed to 
DJing in my first high school dance because that was the first time I saw two turntables and a mixer, right? <laughs> so I became masterful at all three. Yeah. And I was in Steve's band. We performed in the summers when I would come home from college and uh, eventually learned how to make music, learned how to make songs because the Tascam four track was invented. Yeah. And then when I was in class, when I should have been studying, I was writing lyrics. So <laughs> my progression into music was interesting because these things hit me hard and I knew that's what I wanted for my life. Right. But I still yeah. kept, you know, my day school, you know, I had, you know, had to go to college and be a communications major. Right. So right. I did that, but all the time I'm DJing in clubs, I'm DJing all the frat parties, I'm DJing everywhere. So Steve moves to Atlanta to go to the Art Institute for music. And I come down and visit him like, I know where I'm living now. And I packed up, came down to Atlanta, had a job at CNN, ended up working at Magic City. And there you have it. That's where, that's where I've been ever since 1989. And um, I'm a young man, I'm in a strip club. I get to play my own records and I'm the hottest DJ in the city. Crazy. Right. Yeah. And, you know, because I get to play my own records, I realized that we were in a situation where we're in a whole different region than where we're used to growing up because we started at the beginning of hip hop. Yeah. So our influences were, you know, from New York, DC, LA, San Francisco, because that's where I ordered my records from. And I realized that being in the Southeast, you had to, you know, if we was ever gonna come out of the Southeast, we had to make bass. Hmm. And I went to Steve's like, yo, we need to make a bass record. And he was like, I love that stuff, but I can't make it. I was like, nah, don't, we don't gotta make a bass record, just an up-tempo record. Yeah. And I was like, think Planet Rock and Egyptian Lover. Oh my gosh, love it. Because Planet Rock is the essence of hip hop because yes. that's when the B-Boy generation started. African Bambot, you know, before then you had the message and you had all those yeah. records. But that was the dirt, you know, that was the cultural part of it, right? The, yes. You know, people, you know, the people rapping about their surroundings part of it. The, you know, the, the, the B-boy part came where whatever you had, that's what you had to do to rock a party. That's yeah. where dancing came in. That's where all these things came in. So Steve made the beat and I was working on a song. I was working on several songs and Woomp There It Is fit. And everybody thinks that Woomp There It Is was this, just massive project that we really strategically nailed it and just sat down and just mapped it out. And it was nothing like that. It was just a <laughs> song about us partying on a Friday night chasing women. That's it. Yeah. You know, we you, you talk about your surroundings. I was talking about my surroundings and won't there it is. And we made the record and the first night I worked, your first night, the day we made the record, we recorded it anyway. Mm -hmm. I went to work that night. To this day, that's the biggest response on any record I've ever had. And I've been DJing for 30 years. Wow. And, you know, my hubris was like, yo, any record you make is going to be a hit. So I really didn't <laughs> understand what I had. So I, you know, kind of shelved it, but then played it again. And the next time I played it, like four months later, there were record company representatives in the house, a guy named Alan Cole, because that that's how we used to get our records back in the day. The record company reps would service in each region. Yeah. And I ended up giving it to all the record company reps and they all sent it to New York and LA and now got the whole world talking to us about Woomp, there it is, but they don't know what to do with it. Hmm. And I almost gave up. And a um, young lady named Lisa McCall was like, yo, you need to talk to Al Bell. And I was like, Al Bell? He put out Daisy Dukes last year. Mm -hmm. Them girls from Daisy Dukes on by Deuce and it went gold. I was like, bet. 
For those who don't know what Al Bell is, at the beginning of soul music, the very beginning, there were three record companies, Motown, Philly International, and Stax Records. Al Bell used to own Stax Records. So I give him a call, he calls me back two weeks later, and he's like, what's going on? I'm like, hey man, look, let me tell you something. I got a hit record, everybody's playing, everybody missing this money. I've tested it, I'm in the hottest clubs in the country. You need to sign us. He was like, okay. I was like, come on now, don't play with me. <laughs> and I was, I was like, you ain't even heard the record. And he was like, brother, I ain't gotta hear the record. I hear it in your spirit. Mm. Let's agree to agree get this thing going and i was like word and signed a you know gave my two weeks in magic city signed a messed up yeah. record contract in a month and a half we were platinum Ooh. wow what did uh those early days you know spinning records in the clubs what did that teach you about what was gonna happen do you take that and go man i needed that time to be able to handle what was coming in the future and I was young, DJing with a bunch of strippers. I wasn't thinking about none of that. <laughs> I can tell you, them clubs taught me to hustle. Mm. I already had the work ethic, but hustling and work ethic is different. Hustle is when you see opportunities to make money and you craft, um, you craft a supply and demand situation that only is custom to you. That's hustling, mm. right? And being in the club is just, instant money all the time. So for me to have 10 hustles was nothing because everybody's trying to make money in these streets. So I've got, I've always got 10 hustles in the hole because somebody's gonna steal your hustle. Somebody's gonna try to take your hustle or some, so many, once people take it, they're diluted then you can't really make money at that hustle anymore. Mm. And, you know, cats would watch me and know I'd make money, but they'd be like, ah, we got your hustle. And I'd be like, cool, y'all can have that hustle. Cause this is my next hustle. Mm. Catch me if you can. Right. And I've always been like that. And I've always, you know, as a DJ, to be better than everybody else, it wasn't just about DJing. It was about making yourself invaluable. So I'm your light tech. I'm your sound guy. I do your radio spots. I do your television commercials. I do your graphics. I do your flyers. I do your calendars. I do the things that nobody else do, the things that you'd have to pay somebody else to do so I can make myself invaluable. Right. Now you can't get rid of me. Now you got to pay me more money not to go anywhere else because you know what I bring to the table and you know, I can go to the next club and do the same damn thing. And that was the unintended consequences of me working in strip clubs and clubs right. in my youth. Right. And it was, I did it so well that I was able to do it till I was like 48. Right because I knew how to adapt. I knew the fundamentals of working and there was only one question back then because I come from the essence of hip hop. And that one question is, can you rock a party? Mm -hmm. Can you move the crowd? So when Woomp There It Is popped off, it was nothing to me because I was already a star. I had already mm. been, think about it. If you're the hottest DJ in the hottest strip club with 150 butt naked women, what more is there? Right. What more is there? <laughs> right? So. Right. You know, like for me, I was, you know, everybody thinks strip club, he was doing this, he was doing that. You know, I did my thing a little, but after a year, I was liberated as a man because, you know, chasing women was the most important thing to me. Chasing money was, mm. right? Mm. And I developed all these tactics to help me get money, to help me 
you know, build an empire and you can do all these things in the confines of the job that you hate, the job that you love. And there's no reason that you can't fulfill your dreams. It's just a mindset, right? right? You know, I never give up. I stay playing offense and I am always learning how to learn. It's not just enough to learn. You have to learn how to learn. Yeah. Because they come up with different apparatus every day to help people learn. And if you don't take advantage of these things, well, you just, you know, you basically a horse and buggy, you know, in a rocket ship society. Yeah. Right. Yeah, of course. And that's how it ends up being. And then those type of people end up blaming everybody else for their problems when the problem was them. And I've had, I've always kept that hustle. I've always stayed on offense. I've always wanted to learn how to learn. And learning how to learn is making yourself invaluable because if you do 10 things for a company, well, you're naturally going to want to get masterful in some of them. So that's how I started voiceover. That's how I became a licensed commodities broker. You know, everything that happens to you has an effect. Having a messed up record con contract was probably one of the best things that ever happened to me hmm. because I basically became a paralegal, right? Wow. I basically became a financial uh, wizard because... I said, I'm not going to let people take advantage of my money ever again. And I said, you know, I can't fight two record companies, but I can be prepared for my day in court. So let me get all this discovery ready. Let me yeah. organize everything. Let me cross the T's, dot the I's, take the notes, make sure everything is in order. So when I do have my day in court, I'm good. Right. Yeah. And, you know, as time goes on after, you know, we had a good four year run. And the record company went bankrupt and, you know, I had choices to make. But like I said, I became a licensed commodities broker, took the test, passed. And then I wanted to start a hedge fund. And I don't know nothing about no hedge fund, but, you know, learn how to learn. So what I did yeah. is I know who I am. Nobody else does, but I know who I am. So I started calling hedge fund managers saying, you know, hey, I got, you know, money and I, I can control and I can get invested. You know, I got Dominique, I got Dion, I got all the Falcons, I got, you know what I mean? I know every, everybody comes to me because I'm sure. in Magic City, right? I'm in Magic right. City, Atlanta, Georgia. Everybody comes to me. Everybody knows me. And I can, you know, why should, can I get a meeting? And they're like, yeah, you can get a meeting. So I go, I got meetings in New York, LA, Vegas, Frisco. And I'm in the boardroom in, in Vegas with this man, uh, hedge fund management, still don't know because this is the early days of the internet. Yeah. You know? Like you can find stuff, but you can't really find nothing. And um, I just spit the game to him. It's like, why should I let you manage my money? And they're like, DC, because our returns are this and this and this and whoop de whoop and that and that and boot to doop and doop and doop. And they pitched me so hard that what they didn't realize is while they were pitching me, they were teaching me. Yes. Right? Yes. And then I had full knowledge of what a hedge fund was. And I it wasn't for me because basically it's the emotional, you know, it's 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 uh it's intellectual gambling. That's what I call it. And <laughs> I don't gamble because I get emotional. Right. right. But then right. I knew what finance was because to year two thousand, you know, they're I call collateral sprinkle. You drop a bomb, you have collateral damage. Mm. I call the good things of something you try to do in it turns into something else or you get an education out of it is collateral sprinkles year 2000 i would look at cnbc didn't know what they were talking about year 2002 i knew everything they were talking mm -hmm. about right so now i'm versed in finance 
and I find another way to invest. And I take the, you know, approach of, well, first thing we got to do is we just got to, you know, I'm, I'm into the self-help thing. Like everybody is at some point in their life. Yeah. Right. You listen mm-hmm. to Anthony Robbins and you go through the Zig Ziglar's and you go through the Robert T. Kiyosaki's and you, you hype. Right. But how do you apply all that? And I said, you know what? Start running your life like a corporation. And that's what I did. And that's when 2001, I started CLG Investments Inc. Because I was, was going to do the hedge fund thing. And today is still CLG Investments Inc. Because I run my life like a corporation. Right. And I learned how to get my credit right. I learned about corporate credit. Now I got regular credit is good. Corporate credit is bananas. Now I can do anything I want to do. Right. I learned about, you know, I learned about accounting and taxes. I learned about the loopholes. I learned how that a corporation has so many other advantages over everybody else, but everybody else is mad because they think the government is raising taxes on them. Like, why don't you learn what they know? <laughs> They're doing everything that they do. And so somebody else can get paid. Yeah. So all you got to do is learn about why they did what they did, get on the other side and get paid. It's not that it is it, it, not, it's not evil. It's just that they know that certain people know things and other people don't. Right. So it's your responsibility to become one of those persons that know what the laws are about. So every year I know that there are tax conventions out there that are about IRS that they change the tax code and you know exactly what to do because I got people that go to these places and they come back and they tell me, Hey, this is what they're doing this year. And then we rock it and then we good. Yeah. Right. I learned how to be, you know, I went through five bookkeepers. I said, you know, I'm gonna be my own damn bookkeeper. Yeah. Now I'm masterful of QuickBooks. I know where every penny goes. I know where all my money is at, right? Um, and you don't give up. Keep playing offense. Keep playing offense. Yeah. And, you know, I'm at the club and I just, you know, I put together a business plan for the club owners so I can increase their bottom line. But I didn't know how to put together a business plan, but I found out. And I found out how hard it was. Yeah. But I did it. And gave a PowerPoint presentation in the big screen. And she cut me a check for $25,000 and said, get started. Bam. And now I'm doing all this. I'm running the marketing. Now I'm getting more interested in things. Hey, I like the voiceover I'm doing for radio. Let me get for real for this. Let me start training. Let me start training for video editing. Let me start training for, you know, all the things that I'm doing is marketing and fashion photography. All these things I train for because I can get the equipment because I got corporate credit, right? So 2009, I start voiceover and it was difficult because I thought I could just whoop, there it is my way through it. Right, right. Right. And right. I was wrong, right. So that was a hard <laughs> lesson, but I didn't give up, just took mm-hmm. longer. And, you know, all this time, these record companies are fighting each other and I'm in the middle and they finally get their case to go to court. At, you know, they, they keep filing motion after motion after motion to find a venue to have a trial. But if that judge doesn't want to take it, they're not going to take it. Or if that district, you know, court doesn't want to take it, they're not going to take it. And then they finally got one that took it and then take it. And then they had the trial. So I'm going through that. And then while I'm going through that, everybody thinks that Barack Obama's in our music video, mm-hmm. right? Because I get a call at work and I'm like, you know, they're like, DC, there's this woman on the phone. You got to come to the front door. I'm like, man, I'm at the club. I'm like, which one of these heifers done? I done done something <laughs> Right. And I go, and it was a reporter from the New York Times. And I told her to call me the next morning. She called me. She was like, Hey, have you looked at the Gawker article? Gawker article. Mm-hmm. 
I was like, no, it's like the whole world thinks Barack Obama was in your video. They took a clip, a frame. It looks exactly like a young Barack Obama. Crazy. Of LA Snow from Deuce. And that whole week, we had press, major press, ABC, NBC, Stephen Colbert show, Jeannie Mo, CNN. And at the end, I was kind of disappointed because I had nothing to show for because they couldn't find me. Yeah. Because I didn't have a web presence. Tag team didn't have the social thing together. I was stuck in the club. And at that time, you know, we're still doing five shows a year because we do NBA halftime shows, which are lucrative. Yeah. And I realized that we, you know, always will have a forever hit record because I'm sitting in the movie theater and I'm looking at Will Ferrell dance on the table to L. <laughs> it's but so Will true. <laughs> so now I know I got an evergreen product. So it's up to me to get more yes. And that's what I did. I concentrated on. So, you know, the record company, the new record company lost. And that started a series of uh, appeals. And the last appeal was in 2015 to the Supreme Court. Can you imagine looking at the news and saying, today the Supreme Court takes on the case of tag team. Well, there it is. <laughs> but they denied it. And yeah. then it went up, then the, it went into bankruptcy. Then they were like, kind of had a scorched earth policy. And then it was my day to fight. Yeah. And I found a beautiful lawyer down in, in Florida and took her a big box of discovery. And that saved me half the cost on legal fees because mm. I put that work in. That's right. Just never know how things going to come back later on. Right. Most so definitely. All you people out there, that, you young people that think that you're doing things for nothing. You know, I did the same thing you're doing. And people used to be like, you got to concentrate on one thing. You're doing too many things. You're all over the place. You're jack of all trades, master of none. But if you live long enough, hustle hard enough, don't give up, play offense, and learn how to learn, you become masterful at a lot of those. Right. Did and you find that? Uh, serve you. Do you find that after you know after that four year run, like it seemed like you had a lot of things going on. You're very curious. You're learning how to learn. Did you find that your peers in the music industry were similar to you or that you were more unique in that mindset? I mean, it was hard because they're all my peers and all my peers are surpassing me. Mm. So it was difficult. I'm watching Queen Latifah become an actress, right? That's my dog. I'm watching MC Light become an actress. I'm watching yeah. LL Cool J become an actor. I'm looking at Ice-T become an actor. He's all my friends. Yeah. Right? Why can't I become an actor? <laughs> right? You know what I mean? <laughs> and, 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 you know, but I, my mind wasn't there. My mind, I went back to what I knew, DJing, right? So I DJed and made a lot of money. So I was comfortable. You know, I, I, I was one of the only DJs that had life insurance, had a health, health insurance. Always had health insurance as a DJ because I was I made myself invaluable. Yeah. So if your management got health insurance, I better have health insurance. Now I got health insurance. I got six streams of income, get money under the table. I mean, what more? You know what I mean? But at the same time, you know, we, I'm dealing with life too. Yeah. Right. So things are, you know, things are coming at me and I have to figure out ways to handle them. And it would have been, and then, you know, one thing is that our career was stymied because there were two record companies, you know, one record company went bankrupt and one record company bought it out of bankruptcy. And then there was a battle because some rights were taken that shouldn't have been taken. And now we're stuck because if I do get popular doing something, one of the record companies is going to be like, well, you know, you owe us money or, mm -hmm. well, you know, we own the rights to you or, and that would have pissed me off. Yeah. Right. So I really was, really was, 
I really didn't want to do that because I had had control over my emotions about the whole situation. See, most people become, most artists become old and bitter, right? And 20 years later, still talking about how they were done wrong. Yeah. You'll never hear me talk about that. You're going to hear me grateful for what I went through because it taught me the lessons because I knew, I, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a grown man and I take full responsibility for my choices, right? And as you get older, you know, especially since the pandemic, I realized that all those missed opportunities and all those mistakes, you can correct them. Right. Right. It's not, it's not over. Right. And, you know, it's amazing because of that Gawker article and I couldn't be found that started my SEO career. Mm. I'm a search, search engine optimization, search engine optimization specialist, right? Know how to build websites. I know yeah. how to do SEO. I know how to optimize. I know schema. I know how to do Google ads. I know how to do YouTube ads. I know how to do Facebook ads. I know how to make this bread, mm -hmm. right? But it took me 10 years, yeah. right? Yeah. Back then you type in tag team, it was all wrestling. Right. I've been tag team today. It's all tag team. Yep. Because that work I put in, right? And now I'm working on something so big, I'm at the cutting edge of, of, of everything Google, right? And this is just me sitting right here every day, grinding it out, learning how to learn, figuring things out, understanding, applying them to different things. And, you know, I just never gave up on everything I started. And after, you know, we prevailed in the lawsuit and I, you know, we left, we, you know, it was at a cost in any war, you're going to lose an arm, a leg, mm -hmm. come back with an eye patch, but you still breathe. <laughs> and now you got a choice what you're going right. to do. And I got real depressed for about a month. Mm. And I got a call. They're like, DC, we really love your voice. We want to give you like 10 G's to do this industrial for our company. And I knew exactly what I was going to do thing that was the hardest for me that I never gave up with for and kept going, came back and saved me. Right. And yeah. it was voiceover. And I went, did that. Then I got, I ended up getting signed because my coach was like, you're looking for African-American talent at the people store agency in Atlanta, which is the biggest in the Southeast. They love my voice. They signed me. I booked about a month in and then I'm up in the office and the owner comes out. And we, you know, we meet each other and she's like, I love your face. Put him on camera. <laughs> Put him on camera. Now I'm an actor. Right. And I'm like, what I got to do is like, got to go to class and get headshots. I go to my first two classes and I didn't look back and I was in class every day, sometimes two, three times a day until the pandemic. Mm. And I started booking regional and local stuff. And then I booked my first national commercial a month before the pandemic for March Madness for Pizza Hut and got it snatched, right, uh, the pandemic. But that's yeah. okay because they, I booked, they picked me. I knew I did this. I knew I put in the work and I knew that I could do this, right? And, you know, the pandemic is, you know, pandemic is the best thing that ever happened to me. Interesting. You know, I lost people and it was sad and we all was tripping, but the best thing happened to me because everybody had to make decisions at the beginning because we didn't know what this was so it's like what you gonna do can't do shows you can't do this you can't do that but i can do this yeah everything rolls back to voiceover right and i i said you know what 
we're going to start from scratch because everybody's probably thinking the same thing you are. So start from scratch and everything, every class I've ever taken, I've recorded. And I went back to 2009 when I started my first voiceover session in New York by Joan Baker and Rudy Gaskins. And it was the most horrific thing I'd ever heard in my life because yeah. I had to listen to myself have a conversation 10 years ago. And I realized the thing that made voiceover hard was me. I was getting in my own way. I see. But then I didn't understand the, I didn't understand the language. And, you know, that's what made it kind of inspiring as well, because I'm like, wait a minute, but I understand what they're saying now. Okay. Let me do this first voiceover script again. It's cringeworthy. It's making the hairs on my hand stand, but my arms stand, but let me do this over. And I did that first one over and listened back to it. And it was angelic mm. because it was the first time I had mastery over my voice. Right. And then I just started grinding and I went through 40 two hour sessions, the whole month of March back when we all thought people was going to start turning into zombies and start. Right. 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 And then April, here comes my acting coach saying, hey, got a movie for you. I shoot my first movie in the middle of a pandemic. Wow. Right? And then it ends up being a movie and a documentary. So I get a two for one. Then two months later, I shoot another movie in the middle of Georgia called The Mediator. Then I do a fall campaign for Publix for the, uh, for the grocery store chain for voiceover. Then I book a Tyler Perry House of Pain episode for next season. And then here come Geico. Here come Geico. Right. And everything I did in my life to that point paid off during the pandemic. Yeah. Because everything changed. It was a clean slate. Yeah. You know, everybody got stopped at the same time. And we were all in the Serengeti together. That's true. What you going to be, predator or prey? Going to be a lion? Are you going to be in pollen and get eaten? What you going to do? Yeah. Right. You know, are you going to be stealth? Are you going to be fast? Are you going to be strong? What are you going to do? And I tell you, I learned this 2020 is one of the best years of my life. And it's because of everything that happened to me in my life. Right. And everybody's like, everybody thinks when I get on a podcast or an interview that we're going to talk about when there it is the whole time. <laughs> and they're shocked when it's you know when you get this because this yeah, is real, of course. Right? Because, it, it, but what they don't understand is that won't there it is is the genesis of all of this. Because of what I went through, right? Yeah. There's more size to it. There's more nuances to it. There's more you know levels to it. There's more flavors to it. And I tell you, um, my agent gives me a call. And she's like, DC, you just booked a Geico commercial. And I was like, man, why are you playing my motion? <laughs> I was like, I haven't even auditioned for a Geico commercial. Right. DC, you booked a Geico commercial. They said they wanted tag team. I was like, oh, tag team. Back again. <laughs> I went to the tag team phone, peeped out the tag team phone, and there was a message from Geico. But they, I didn't answer, so they went to the... IMDB actors portal that I have found my agent talk to my agent talk about synergy I let my agent make the deal because now I don't got to get no no lawyers I don't got to do any yeah. grunt work 
give them their cut, break bread with the people that break bread, you know, help me. And it is the biggest deal I have ever made in my life. To wow. Date. Wow. And, you know, everybody was like, are you happy you got a guy called commercial? I was like, I'm good, but I know I got work to do because usually when you do a Geico commercial, you're gone. You're on tour. Salt and Pepper was gone for 2014 to the pandemic touring. Whoa. When they did their Geico commercial, right? Wow. That's what that did for them. But we don't get to do that. So what am I going to do? You know, I was like, you know what? You're going to blow yourself up anyway. Get a publicist. So I got to try yeah. to get a publicist. You're going to get a publicist for this Geico commercial. Then all the publicists like, we're in a pandemic. We're working from home. We don't know how to do deal mm -hmm. with this. We don't know how to do this and do that. We might be just wasting your money. And I was like, thank you. Appreciate you. Then I was like, you know what? Whenever I get stuck, learn how to learn hustle tactic. This is just like when I went to the hedge funds, right? I said, right, this right. is the new one. This is the one where this is the best one. Whenever I get stuck, somebody tells me I can't do something, I go join an organization because organizations are filled with people who love a certain profession mm -hmm. and they become masterful at that profession. And they've been doing it for 10, 20, 30, 40 years and they're ready to give you the game. Right. And I said, you know, I joined the Public Relations Society of Americans. Like, I'm going to be my own damn publicist. And I was two days in and I joined a Zoom call, the CEO of this big PR firm. I raised my hand. I'm like, hey, our press release is relevant. And she's like, well, what's it for? I'm like, well, I'm kind of featured in a Geico commercial called Scoop. There it is. <laughs> Looking at the chat, it's like, wait a minute. That's not him. That can't be him. It's DC. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love that commercial. And it just blew the whole chat up. And the moderator's eyes got big and was like, DC, we'd like to welcome you to the Georgia chapter organization, the PRSA. But we're going to get back to you, that Geico commercial. But Mm -hmm. Back to his question, are they relevant? And the CEO was like, yes, because think about it. The whole last year, every story has been about COVID. The whole last year, everything's been political. The whole last year, every, everybody's tired. Everybody's ready for something. And here you guys come throwing sprinkles, spinning scoops, dancing in DC, your smile. Yeah. Just lights up the world. And she said, of course, that press release is going to work. And you're going to go here for all the journalists. You're going to go here for all the TV talk shows. You're going to go here for all the publicists. You're going to go here for all the podcasts. You're going to make sure your pitches are like this. And she gave me the entire breadth of her game and her expertise of her whole lifetime in 10 minutes. Mm. And I have not looked back. And it has opened doors for me that I could have never imagined possible. And it's the reason that you and I are talking right now. That's correct. Yeah. Right? And PR has been incredible for me. I'm about to, I'm about to do Comic-Con, dog. That's amazing. You see what I'm saying? I, I did drop that press release Super Bowl week, that Wednesday. That Thursday, I get a call from the Dan Patrick Show. Friday morning, we're on the Dan Patrick Show for the Super Bowl edition. Right? Wow. And then two weeks later, we're on Tamron Hall. National shows, millions of people watching. Then it was Bananas. Then a month later, here comes NASCAR and Geico. We want you to be the grand, ma grand marshals of the Talladega 500. I do another press release. Two days later, I sign one of the biggest voiceover agencies in the world. Every time I do a press release, I realize that a press release is nothing but a Trojan horse for me. Mm. Then here comes WWE. Like I said, I'm doing Comic-Con. Now we start to do shows every weekend. And, you know... 
people always tell me, DC, you can't do everything. <laughs> it's doing too much because I have a lot of tutors, right? Yeah. I have a lot of people that's training me and, and doing things for me. And they're like, just how do you do all this? And you just can't do it all. You got to pick a couple things to be. I was like, yeah, they, I, I, I feel you. You're right. You know, but I sure enough can be prepared for it all. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And it's funny yeah. because what, and they're like, yep, that, that, that makes sense. And what they don't realize the same thing that, you know, the thing that I said that they approved of, it's the same thing I said that they disapproved of. Because putting in the work and preparing is doing everything. That's true. Doing everything in your power to make sure that you're successful and you're ready for any opportunity that comes your way. Because if I'm not ready, it's my fault because that's my choice. I'm the only one that has control over that. Yeah. Right. So I have to learn how to learn. I have to be able to manage my time. I have to be able to organize. I have to be able to do these things and find the things that serve me and don't. Right. And that's the problem because, you know, people try to blame it on, you know, millennials that they, you know, they want everything quick and now, but it ain't them. It's everybody. Yeah, that's right? true. It's not millennials. It's, it's old folks. It's young. It's everybody. And, you know, it's, it's instant gratification. Who don't want instant gratification? Right. It's the easy path. Right. <laughs> and what they don't understand is that there is no such thing because you don't plant a seed in the dirt sit down, look at it and be like, come on, see, grow, grow, yeah. see, grow. This seed don't work. I quit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't do that. But we know people who do that. Right. Who don't took a course. It's like, yeah, I'm going to be a real estate agent. It's like, see him six months later. Yeah. yeah I, I, you know, I, I had to, I had to, you know, I did good. Uh, yeah. No, no, no. You're right. But I ain't judging nobody, but I know that you plant them seeds and you keep it moving. Keep it you moving. You don't know when that seed's going to come back and hit you in the head. Right. That's true. And I've realized that I planted so many seeds, especially in the last couple of years. I'm planted so many seeds. I stand before you now in a forest opportunity that I could have never dreamed of, bro. Mm, all said. And, you know, the fruit's dropping on my head. Uh, the, 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 the wind is blowing through. Yeah. The, the, the breeze is blowing through the leaves. It's just, it's, it's the garden yeah. of eating of opportunity. And I am ready for it all because it keeps coming. Right. Yeah. And, I have to vet it. I have to see if it's for me. And then I go rock it. And one thing turns into another, into another, into another. And most of these opportunities, people have no idea who I am. Mm. That's the beauty of it. That is. I did all this on the strength of the hustle. Yeah. Right. And once they find out, that's the icing on the cake. So, you know, I tell people that all the time because you just got to, you got to keep playing offense. If Bron shoots 20, shots and misses all 20 he's gonna shoot 40 if he misses all yep. 40 he's gonna shoot another 20 and then he's gonna make one he's gonna make two and then next thing you know he don't win five years of championships yeah that's how it works you can never give up because you never know where your blessings gonna come from because you get back what you put into it you just don't know when right? just don't know, that's the hard part you it's don't know when part. but it's not the hard part if you're not expecting see it's no that's quit true there is no quit pro quo there yeah. isn't it can't be because you'll drive yourself crazy. Yeah. Right? If you've given everything you've got to something, then you keep getting better at it incrementally and yep. just keep, you gotta keep it, keep it, keep it hot, keep it tight, keep that car clean, go start That's the right. car every once a month and, and yeah. you know, so the battery don't go dead. That's right. And then when it comes time, you're ready. And that's the beauty of everything is that I put in so much work that I'm ready, 
right? And I've always been ready, but it's just something leads into another thing that leads into another thing. Yeah. And then to have the ability to touch the world with song and acting and voiceover, I'm good at it, right? Yeah. And that's why I do all these podcasts. I do four or five a day. Really? And I do wow. four or five a day because I learn more through, you know, by talking to people. Of course. Like everyone is different, right? Completely. Everyone is different. Most people would be, most people would be intimidated by seeing the name Dr. Darian Parker in an email. <laughs> right. Right. But I don't even look at that. Like I don't, yeah. I never look at what I'm doing, who I'm doing, why I'm doing it. I don't do it because I like the practice of being quick on my feet. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 there is no question that somebody can ask me that I won't have an answer to. So it don't matter yeah. what type of a podcast I do because yeah. my life is filled with so many things that I got an angle on everything because I've seen it all being in that DJ booth. Of right? course. Being, traveling the road, doing concerts in the jungles of the Amazon, right? Being an actor, staying in classes. I am well versed in a lot of things. So I can answer questions to everything. Right. And yep. it's made, sometimes I get on with financial advisors, millionaires. I get on with people who are very, way more successful than I am. And I leave them sitting there with their mouth wide open. Yeah. Because they all, the one thing they always say is, I never thought about it that way. That's true. And the pandemic changed me because I realized that there, I don't want to leave this earth regretting something that I didn't do. So therefore, you know, I'm, I've got tutors for everything now. Like I'm back into music production because I ain't touched a drum machine in 20 years, but I'm yeah. more creative than I've ever been. So why waste that talent? Cause that's yeah. what's given to me. So true. So if I got to pin my ears back and, you know, grind and learn music production again. That's what I'm doing. I've done it. And now I am on the precipice of just being able to make incredible music because I use a dog called studio one. And I had tutors that were teaching me and they got me to a certain point. But then I said, you know what? Let me go to the horse's mouth. I found one of the engineers who built the software. Now they tutor me every Tuesday. Wow. That's amazing. And not only do they tutor me every Tuesday, they don't tutor me in a way where it's like, okay, we're going to teach you this and you learn it this way. They say, hey, you know, I told them, I was like, look, this is what I'm trying to do. I got a workflow. I got to work while we're doing this. Teach me how to use that dog while I'm doing my workflow. So now it's custom to me. Yeah. Right. Yes, of course. It's like an exoskeleton, <laughs> right? You know yeah, what I'm saying? It's I like know exactly what you're saying. Do heavy lifting. You know what I mean? Yep. And that's what it's ending up. Now it works with my voiceover. I'm better at it because of voiceover. I'm better at it because of video editing. I'm better at it because of the history of my hip hop prowess since the beginning, because I know every record. I know what went into making every record. That's right. And if I can go back and discuss these records the, and find the essence of each one, all I can take is the essence. This is what they were trying to do when they made this record. This is what life was like when they made this record. Can I correlate it to this? And I'm not trying to be an artist again, right? I would never do that, but I can. Mm-hmm. I can. Since I'm with all these advertising agencies now and they looking at me do jingles and submit mm-hmm. jingles to all the advertising companies whenever I do one, or I can make a Christmas song for all these Christmas movies that I'm auditioning for. Sure. Right. And then, you know, here come Christmas time. Everybody hears a real hot Christmas song. They're like, dang, what is, I love that song. Who is that? That's DC from tag team. <laughs> still making money. Still doing it. 
as opposed to everybody. I'm putting out a new record. How you doing? Hey, just listen to my new record. Yeah. And DC needs to sit his old ass. Down. <laughs> like no more records, DC. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah. The difference though. I do it's for sure. Thing. It's the same thing, but yeah. the outcome is so much different. That's true. The outcome is so much different because that's the experience that you get from just doing things. A lot of cats don't get that. They still trying to put out records. That's they right. Sound like not, not sound like the nineties, and it's like that's <laughs> true. Can't make, you can't make the record that sounds just like the record you made in the nineties, but you can make a record that has that essence and the essence might just be the hook the essence yeah. might be the, the 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 outro or the intro you never know like sure. planet rock has so many essences you know, it really have, does it has you know the you have the, the 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 beginning but then you have the beat but then you have just the the way it makes you feel you know the just all those things are little pieces that you can take and add to whatever you're doing, just the essence of it. You don't copy it. You just say, this is, I remember when we was doing this, boom, and just yeah, find something similar and just really keep these songs simple because they don't have to be the greatest hit records. They just have to be able to be placed in things that people will want to use. That's true. So pressure is kind of off because you're not pressured to make a hit record, but if it happens to be a hit, and Apple's got it in one of their iPad commercials. Well, now the work's been done for you. You got a hit record. Now you can eat off that forever. Forever. Yep. Or if you get a hot record in a Christmas movie, that's a pension plan. Dude, they don't want it yep. with me. <laughs> you know, and, and that's why, you know, I'm very grateful to be on this podcast because you understand me. I do. I'm sure your your listeners understand me. Because for sure. You know, I asked my voiceover coach, I was like, why do people, why do people react the way they do? Because I did a real big podcast, a voiceover podcast for um, the uh, Society of Voice Arts and Sciences, right? And it was bananas. I was, it was so emotional and so inspirational. And I'm like, how, why does that affect people like that? Mm -hmm. You ain't telling people stuff that's in a book. You tell yes. people stuff that you don't been through and they watching you go through it now right and they're looking at you and you tell and then you you so giving of your information you telling them how to do it and all they got to do is really just listen to you and they can do it that's you know, right for me for me the big one of the biggest parts you know you have your learn how to learn tactics but there's also things about yourself that you got to kind of kill like you know i love being wrong because it kills my ego and my pride yeah. you know you if you commit when you're wrong it's gonna kill you inside but you stop that pro you stop that little march to unreality. That's so true. Like when people argue and you know, I let them argue. They know they're wrong, but I let them argue and they just start coming up with things that don't make no sense. Mm -hmm. and they just keep going down a rabbit hole and that rabbit hole. And I just I let them go and then all of a sudden, you know, they they won the argument, but they are now in that hole of unreality. And now they are lost completely. And I realized that because I sequestered my ego and I sequestered my pride, that being wrong and admitting you're wrong is the path to being right. And you'll never be wrong with that again. Mm. Right. So and, true. You know, and another thing is in, in the main thing is I've learned to take any negative emotion, pain, envy, suffering, fear, hatred, you know what I'm saying? Loathing. 
despair and not react to it viscerally because mm. when you react to it in the moment you think you're rational and then you yeah. might say something you don't mean or you might do something that you regret and you just stop take it put it in your pocket keep it inside let it tear you up inside but then you use it later for fuel and that's how you release it so if i have an audition monday and it calls me to be pissed off and angry well i've got several of those that i had to put in my pocket yep and now I can pull one out. And now instead of me trying to find a character or find a character or find its essence and all that stuff that they teach you, I pull that out and now the character becomes me and that's acting. Yeah. And now it's real. And now people see that that is real because they're looking at you on the screen and they see it and yeah. they've been through it and they understand it and they know what it looks like. And now you touch them because that script on giving them a, 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 a solution, how to deal with it. And, you know, I, I am a guy who does not look at the glass half empty. I look at it half full. So I am grateful when people come to me and complain and they come to me <laughs> with their problems. And I'm grateful when people give me excuses because I, for every problem you give me, I'm going to find the solution. I'm going to make it up. Yeah. Even if it's not real, I tell people, it's like, what's the solution? They'd be like, what? What's the solution? Man, you know, they just want to tell me their problems and be yeah. busy. But I'm like, what's the solution? What's the what solution? Do you want? Yeah. And I have to tell them, like, look, what is your ultimate solution? Think of the most fantastical, pie in the sky, far fetched scenario where you achieve your dream. And that's way up here. Yeah. But what you do is you inch your way back to practicality. Oh, I'm doing, I could do this now. And what you've just done is you just build a business plan in reverse. Yeah. Now you gotta get on, do, do is get on that ladder to success because it's already been built for you through your own positivity. Yeah. Right? If somebody comes and be like, well, I can't do that because of this. Well, I don't, man, I can't do that because of this. And I'm like, thank you. Because now you, I've come up with five solutions just by the end of this conversation on all the excuses that you gave me. And now I can put them in my toolbox. Yep. For later, right? Most and definitely. People don't see the blessings and things. And I see the, ble I, you know, that's why I think reverse everything. I'm, you know, my mind is in a bizarro state in a different way, right? Because I'm not about to sit here and be dealing with all that. I don't dealt with too many problems in my life, right? I'm not about to deal with that. You can sit over there and deal with that if you want. I'll be here for you. Because it's always the people you love the most that do do that crap to you, right? Mm. But you know, everybody's like, you gotta get rid of people like that. Like, nah, those are the ones you keep close, man, because those are the ones that keep you motivated if you know how to take that anger or that you know how to take that negative energy and turn it into positive energy. You know, that's what keeps me going every day. If there's something hard, there's something in me that keeps me going till I figure it out. Yeah. It'd be that pain, it'd be that fear of failure, it'd be that whatever it is it keeps me going and it keeps me playing offense because I know that the harder it is, the more I want it because I know everybody ain't going to do it so I can achieve it. No doubt. You see what I'm saying? It's so, amazing stuff, man. It really I is. Mean, it, it's real. It, it is, is real, real stuff. I, live, I get up at four o'clock and live this every day. Ooh, four o'clock. <laughs> because, you know, but I, you know, I was a vampire. I used to go to bed at six o'clock every day. Well, what right? you DJing in clubs late yeah, at night I and stuff, man. I mean, I'd be up by 10. 
Yeah. You know, because I was a vampire and, you know, I did it, but now I'm done with most stuff I got to do in a day by nine o'clock. Yeah. And I'm never done because, you know, like right now I'm coding. I'm coding yeah. schema, schema markup for this website. Yeah. It's going to take forever, but <laughs> I know how to do it. Yeah. Was a lot of lessons. The reason it's taking a long time is because I'm being so creative that it's infinite. The way I know how to do it, see, that's the beauty of it. The way, if you know how to do it, there's infinite possibilities and I'm exploring them all. Yeah, and it's that's actually beautiful. overkill, but it's not because if you want to be found on the internet, that's the goal. That's how people, people, people want to find you to give you money if you got a service for them. Mm. That's the whole point. If they type in, we need, you know, like I'm doing, it's called a, uh, it's called a, uh, what is it called? Oh, they're services, right? So you would either have a keyword or you'd either have, you know, um, a service would be the um, casino, inter- casino entertainment. No, mm-hmm. casino concert entertainment, right? Right. But the keyword, but the, you know, the keyword might be casino concert, but you give a description tag team is always available for a casino casino concert entertainment now google knows that tag team is available now google knows exactly where to put you so if somebody's looking where can i get casino entertainment oh tag team yeah they got that scoop call call their agent yeah yeah that's how you come up yeah it took me 10 years to figure to, to learn all this and it's a moving target so that's one of my pride and joys right there knowing SEO. And, you know, now I'm, I can write my own ticket, right? I yeah. can do acting. I can be in front of anybody I want to in acting. I can be, I know how to, I know how to wield social media. Everybody thinks social media is like, nobody uses it like I do because I understand what it is. Social media mm-hmm. is about engagement, not about likes, mm-hmm. about engagement. Who did you get in front of somebody who's sending you a DM that says, Hey man, can you, you guys do a show? Hey man, I need you to do a podcast, right? And then now I can take our podcast that we just doing when you drop it, I can add schema to it. Now it's going to pop up on all the other places and it's going to have a little extra information with right. it. It might, right. it's going to have, it's, it's this long, it's going to have this, it's going to have that and that's what Google wants and it knows that you did your stuff right, then it's going to stand yep. up. It's going to put you where you need to be. And now everybody's going to see it where they need to see it. Yeah, because I did the dirty work and did the grunt work and laid the foundation for it. And this is forever. It is forever. I mean, you're doing master classes here, basically, DC. And I want to tell you a real short story that I, may, I think maybe will make you feel pretty good about all the things you're doing. So we're watching the scoop. There it is. Commercial Geico. My mm-hmm. wife, my daughter. My daughter loves the commercial. She's obsessed with it. She's like mm-hmm. always singing and dancing nine-year-old little girl and she goes daddy you know i you should get one of those guys on your podcast I, you love your podcast i say you know what i gotta figure out a way to do that i would love to, just I'm curious about you know what's going on and funny thing the next day an email comes through i think it was podcast guests yep and it says dc glenn tag team you know, and they're all the descriptions and stuff. And I was like, isn't this something? You win, didn't I will be reaching out immediately. Yep. I was like, hey, I got nothing to lose. 
<laughs> I'm just going to see if it's a yes or a no. Really, you know, what? And when you got back to me, I was like, oh, this is great. And I told my daughter, and she got this big smile on her face. And, you know, on his shoulder, she, she's like, you put that in motion. You put that in motion, you know? Put it in the universe, right? Yeah. And, and then boom. That's why we're I here. Because not only am I doing PR, it's not just about press, right? If I, put, if I drop a press release, that's 300 links. Yeah. My website from 300 entities, AP, Yahoo. Mm-hmm. big boy uh, uh, websites. Now my website is fueled forever, right? Right. Like I said, it's a Trojan horse. Yes. And if I'm on Tamron, I'm throwing it out there, you know, and I'm, I'm currently, you know, I want to be in the Mandalorian or the Star Wars universe, yeah. live action or voiceover because I do voiceover and I am an actor. Yeah. And she took that and made it sound so eloquent that there could have been somebody out there listening and went to Dave Leone and John Favreau and be like, hey, that dude from Scoop said he want to get with y'all. And he's like, man, yeah. my daughters love that. He go back and tell her daughter, their daughter's like, daddy, you got to put him in. That's how it happens. Yeah. There's other ways to do it, right? right. Like This whole Comic-Con thing came about because I did a podcast. Crazy. Dude invited me. He said, man, I want you to come to, because uh, they have little satellite Com, com, mm-hmm. uh, cons, right? It's like, I want you to come to one in Texas that we'll pay for you and you can come and do your thing. And I'm like, curious, what do you do with these things, right? And these things are ways for you to network and make money because now I'm in the uh, the animation world with all the people who create these things. And the right. from Scoop, there it is, is there and does voiceover. You don't think they're going to want to give me a shot? Yeah. And say, hey, the dude from Scoop, there it is, is this character in this video game? Come on, dude. <laughs> think like that. That's right. I think like that. And and there are certain little things that happened to me. Like, I had a big, big meeting with my agents. They're like, DC, what do you want to do? And I was like, I'm good. Y'all do a good job for me. They're like, mm-hmm. DC, come on now. what you want to do? What kind of roles are we looking at? I'm like, hey, I'm happy because I'm humble, right? And I'm thankful and grateful. They're like, DC, what is your bucket list? Yeah. Like, oh. That's a different story. That's a different thing. And then I started throwing out my bucket list. You know, the Star Wars thing. I said, I want five lines with The Rock. Mm. Five lines in a movie with The Rock. I want to be in big movies with little parts. Yeah. That's all I care about. I don't got to be a star. I'm not trying to be a star. I'm trying to have opportunities where I can take the things that I've done, my entities, my media works, and plant those seeds and turn them into redwoods. Yeah. And they all serve each other and they all intermingle. And the next thing you know, you get that one big lick that sets you up. I've already done it twice. I'm about to do it again. I've got in, in this summer, I've got two movies coming out, three TV shows mm-hmm. and I'm everywhere. Right. And it's all going to hit simultaneous at the same time. And the Geico commercial is coming back. Oh, that's awesome, man. You know what I'm saying? That's like, awesome. Well, if I'm not ready for everything that's about to hit me in the head. It's my fault. That's why right. I run so hard. That's why I do. I can sit here and run my mouth and learn from talking, right? Yep. I learn more from talking and I'm grateful for it because now I get to talk about the things I wish somebody had told me when I was a young man. Yeah. And that's my responsibility. And Most I'm, definitely. And I'm glad to have been here today, man. Well, I'm listen. Here. I'm grateful to have had the conversation, mainly to listen to your incredible knowledge. 
and uh, your life, which has been full of incredible learning opportunities. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, none of this is easier. It's all easier said than done, but hey. Yeah. It ain't nothing but work. That's true. <laughs> That's I, I love it. Ain't nothing but work. Exactly. You know what I mean? Ain't nothing but yeah. work. So That's like, right. Hey, the, 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 the quicker you get to it, like, I have to deal with actors all the time. They're like, man, yeah. I didn't get the audition. I was like, man, I care less about getting the audition. I know that if I gotta get, if I gotta go through a thousand auditions to get to the money, well, let's do 50 a day. Yeah. Right. The more work. auditions I do, the better, because I know that I'm not going to quit. So I need to hurry up and get as many as I can mm -hmm. in all the time so I can get to that goal. That's right. That's so right. That's what it's about. And even take that many. It took like 50. Yeah. Right. That's amazing. Yeah. It, and it take a lot of people, a lot of, them. you know, just yeah. some people don't even, I've done things already in acting that it would take people to do most people to do in a whole career. Yeah. Acting is very difficult and sure. you got to work, you know, you, it's, it's a level, but then, you know, one coach said, DC, you didn't just start acting. I said, you've been doing this for 30 years. I said the knowledge you have of the world helps you in acting. Most definitely. Right? You know, you can always go back to the jungles of the Amazon and pull something out and add that to whatever you're doing in acting. You yeah. have experiences that people don't have. Therefore, all you got to do is draw upon those experiences and you are there and you can deal with it how you dealt with it and it's real. And once they told me that, man, I was like, okay, I got you. Because you always in acting, you think you got to put stuff on it. You think you got to do stuff when you don't. Yeah. All you got to do is be you. Just find Love it. You in your past and you, you're good. Take that pain. Take all that pain. Take all that stuff and use it. Right? And mm -hmm. it has served me so well. And like I said, it, there's like four things I want to talk to you about, but I can't because I'm on a non-disclosure agreement. <laughs> it's going down, bro. Yeah, maybe <laughs> another down. time, DC. Another, another time. time. Another time, brother. Well, listen. Like I said, I love doing these podcasts. Yeah. Thank you had me here and, and, and thank you. I'm grateful, man. Very grateful. And DC, uh, look forward for, to a lot of people listening to this. And uh, thank you so much for your time, man. We'll be in touch. Thank you for All listening right, thanks, to man. this episode of Dr. D's Social Network. Make sure you listen to future episodes. Also, please make sure to rate and review My Dad's Show on Apple Podcasts in the Rate and Review section. Thanks, everyone. You made it. Checked out of office to check into the sweet views of this place where the kids aren't asking for the Wi-Fi. Mom, can we go to the pool? And when you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. Sure, we have 30 seconds to tell you that drivers who switch to Progressive could save big. But then what? Well, radio has been called theater of the mind. So let's tell a story with sound effects. <laughs> wow, it's like I was in the story. Almost makes me forget this was supposed to be about saving big with Progressive. <laughs> Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.